the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Well, David, since sports betting is legal, I can give you a, a, <laughs> an, an, an informed uh, opinion to take the under on that. Uh, LeBron is speeding up his cycle on this. He even took his vacation early. He's on his Caribbean vacation right now. He didn't take that in 2014 until the first week of July. So uh, he doesn't need to analyze the situation as long as he did before. He knows what's in front of him. Things could obviously change, but I expect him to be much quicker this time around. Uh, and frankly, that's... Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where we are trying to be a little less Morgan Freeman and Denzel Washington and a little more Jamie Foxx up in here, because King Kong ain't got nothing on Svi. Ayo. <laughs> you guys like that one? It's pretty good, right? I, I, I did get it, yeah. So, Alan, um, what does it mean to be more Jamie Foxx and less Denzel Washington and Morgan Freeman in your eyes? Um, <clears throat> I think it means to be a little more Robin Magic and a little less Jim and Mitch. Ooh, Tommy, did you hear that? What a burn. Oh, sick burn, hey, bro. I mean, if, <laughs> if Jim and Mitch are being compared to uh, Morgan Freeman and um, Denzel, that's actually not such a bad thing for them. That's true. You know, it's funny. I, I actually hadn't analyzed it this closely, but Jamie Foxx is a little more current than uh, Denzel Washington and Morgan Freeman. So there you go. None of this is scripted. What do you know? Uh, Tommy, Alan, there's a lot <laughs> to talk about today. Uh, we are how many days out? We are about six days. No, four days. Five days. Five days out. One from day. Free, five days out from free agency. It might be one day, depending on when you listen to this episode. Um, but it seems like things are breaking on the Lakers front almost every hour at this point. Um, so yeah, tonight we're going to talk about Paul George, LeBron James, Lakers, Paul George's leaked poem or pitch to Paul George, whatever about dreams and building and all that crap, as well as Paul George's special. And LeBron James's Space Jam 2 stuff. First, though, Tommy, how are you feeling five days out from free agency right now? H- how does it compare to, to past free agencies when it seems like we've had the chance to get stars as well? 
Um, it feels very different uh, because we are going to sign LeBron James, <laughs> and that doesn't happen every year. So in that sense, different. Alan, what about you? <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I would definitely agree with that. Um, it is different. Uh, in the past, I mean, there's definitely anticipation right now. I was kind of, I was texting Tommy the other day and saying it's almost anticlimactic because our expectations are so high and we feel like so many things have already confirmed what we've suspected. So if, and when this stuff actually goes down, I mean, I jokingly told Tommy, yeah, we're all going to be like, meh, <laughs> like whatever. We knew we were going to get him for how many months now? Um, of course, we're definitely going to be more lit than that, but yeah, it's uh, it is definitely different. It's like weird, though. It's crazy. I mean, it's it's as lit as possible without actually having um, anything confirmed at this point. But uh, there's so many things swirling around right now. Uh, before we get started, though, as usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes because the more you rate and review us, that's how many dreams we'll all continue to have so that we can make our collective purple and gold wet ones a more solidified reality. Because when you were just a kid in your room in Palmdale, listening to the Lakers Legacy podcast, dreaming, guess what? We were dreaming too. So while you listened, <laughs> we spat into our mics, said lit way too many times, and dreamt of a day when you truly help us find that light again. So while we podcasted, you rated and reviewed. Speaking of rating interviews, <laughs> I don't even know what accent I'm putting on right now. Wow. Uh, pretty, pretty effective. It's pretty wow. effective if I do say so myself. That so was maybe amazing. <laughs> I was trying on my Jamie Foxx. Anyways, speaking of rating and reviews, tonight we're going to have none other than none other than Mo Wagner, I guess, to do the rating and review. So Mo, whenever you're ready. Awesome. <laughs> Five stars by Brian 1992J. This pod lit AF. Uh, so, so, for those of you who are wondering, that is not what Mo Wagner sounds like. But you if sure? you did listen to our last, I'm pretty sure. I mean, he might sound like that when he's like with the guys in the locker room. But, um,. That's we, we feel like Mo Wagner resembles the main guy from American Vandal, which is a Netflix original. Um, we think that they kind of resemble each other. So that's how we wish Mo Wagner sounded when he spoke. Because that's what the lead on American Vandal sounds like. He's a total bruh. So. Yeah, we're going to speak it into existence. We're going we're gonna to tell Mo to watch it and be like, you look like him, so you should sound like him. <laughs> exactly. All right. So with that said... I don't know if we'll be able to get into our updated thoughts on the Lakers rookies, but maybe we'll have time at the end. But let's just get started with what's been happening recently and all the uh, recent scuttlebutt regarding LeBron James and Paul George. Uh, first lit. off, it's, it's, it is lit. It's very lit, um, as Jamie Foxx would say. Um, June 29th, this Friday, is the last day for players to exercise or decline their player options. Um we're still waiting on guys like Ennis Cantor, Thaddeus Young, DeAndre Jordan, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, and of course, Paul George and LeBron James to make their decisions on whether or not they're going to opt KD? in. <laughs> so, okay, Tommy, who do you want to start with first, Paul George or LeBron James? LeBron James. <laughs> okay. LeBron James. Let's start with the LeBron James rumors. Um, last week, Windhorse said that LeBron James this time around would make a his decision pretty quickly. Um, in previous years, it's gone on through like J July 8th, July 11th, but Windhorse says it'll be resolved by July 4th. 
Um, he also said that in his opinion, it's pretty much just between the Lakers and the Cavaliers with 51% going to the Lakers, 40% going to the Cavs, and 9% to the Sixers. Ramona Shel- Shelburne has also stated that this time around, LeBron James won't be needing any elaborate pitch meetings. Sounds like he pretty much has his mind made up. Um, he's beefed up his security at his Brentwood home. His son is supposedly enrolled to Sierra Canyon. If not officially, he's at the very least penciled in. Um, Ramona, Broussard, Stephen A. Smith, Chris Sheridan, Chris Paul, Ryan Hollins, Willie Cauley-Stein, Dick Sporting Goods, your mom's quirky friend Rhonda who does trapeze acrobatics. <laughs> They've all said LeBron James is coming to the Lakers. Uh, Windhorse especially, you know, one of LeBron's closest confidants has pretty much stated that it's the Lakers at this point. And uh, Chris Sheridan, even a year ago, was saying LeBron is just going to wait this year out with the Cavs and then make his way over to the Lakers. The other day we learned about LeBron James' Instagram TV rumor, pretty much stating that he'd be announcing his decision in conjunction with a Space Jam 2 trailer. It's uninterrupted, right? I, I don't know specifically what uninterrupted is. Is that his like media company or? Yeah, that's LeBron's. So it's LeBron's platform. But anyways, the rumor is that along with his announcement of his next destination, um, he would also be revealing the Space Jam 2 teaser trailer, which would somehow incorporate his new destination into the trailer. <laughs> in addition to that, we've also gotten tweets <laughs> tweets from some of his, I don't know, buddies and close friends. I don't know if they're trolling people, but they're adding people like Carrie Champion, Kyle Kuzma, using the little trophy emoji, um, asking people whether they like In-N-Out or Roscoe's better. And this is a guy who's one of LeBron James' buddies and Le- someone who LeBron James has a... Uh, Uh, tweeted at before so who knows what that is whether that guy is just trolling fans and whatnot so yeah all these things are swirling around lebron james right now tommy what what do you think about all of this does this just only further confirm your initial beliefs that lebron has had his mind made up at this point a year ago we had heard about these space jam 2 rumors but now it finally seems like things are actually solidifying so yeah, what are your thoughts right now, and how confident are you about LeBron James coming to the Lakers? Uh, in terms of confidence, I'm 100% positive LeBron James is coming to the Lakers. Um, the only question in my mind is when he announces, and I guess that's kind of related to all of the Space Jam 2 and everything. It, it's weird because we were talking about this uh, on the show like in September, you know what I mean? Like it was either end of August, or early September at some point around that time, we were talking about this exact thing and now it's happening. And it's just so odd feeling because this never happens. Like we constantly speculate about complete nonsense and, and super bizarre theories and we get super into, into them and invested in them, but it never actually plays out the way that, we all thought it was going to play out from the beginning. And this is like the first time that's ever happened. And it's so weird, you know, but it's happening. And I, I don't know if I, it's, I, I think it's going to, it's a hundred percent. He's coming. So is there any chance though, that, okay, from what we know right now, the space jam two thing definitely is happening. It has a release date of 2019 for the last year and a half or so it's kind of just been a floating project that we're not sure whether it had any legs to, but now it seems like that's definitely going to happen. There's definitely going to be a Space Jam 2 release in conjunction with LeBron James' announcement. 
is there a possibility that he just announces in Space Jam 2 that he's going to go somewhere else to the Philadelphia 76ers or something like that or randomly the Knicks? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not possible. He's coming to the Lakers. He's coming to the Lakers regardless of who else comes here. I think he's had his mind made up for the last year. I think it's obvious to everybody who's, who, who's been around him in Cleveland that he's been out this entire time. And he's even said weird things like, oh, midseason, I just decided that I wasn't going to let this season go to waste. It's like, why was that even a thought to begin with? You know what I'm saying? Like, clearly you were playing the first half of the season ex- expecting that this is your last season there. So I think he's out. Once he's out, there's really nowhere else that that makes sense for him to go. I guess if he went to Philly, you know, he would he would pretty much be guaranteeing him the same sort of situation he has now in Cleveland where he can kind of waltz to the Eastern Conference Finals every single year and then probably to the finals most years. Um, But I think that this, like we said from the beginning, was more about lifestyle and more about his family. And and he's continued to reiterate that. And I think it's pretty clear that he's interested in in pursuing his post-NBA career. So it, it just all the stars aligned here. Yeah, um, Alan, what are your thoughts on this? And how does this, in your opinion, differ from the decision and then also the Cleveland Cavaliers? Or maybe it, maybe there's no difference or maybe there's some similar through line between some of his past um, announcements. But yeah, what are your thoughts on LeBron James this time? Him announcing via, it's not exactly the decision, but it's 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 more like this time around LeBron James, this is LeBron James the mogul. The first time the decision it came out of left field, he's starting a super team. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers thing, he is the prodigal son returning home to deliver them a championship. What is this next phase in your opinion? And, and why do you think um, LeBron James is deciding to go this route? At this point, do you think he just doesn't care anymore what people think? He just wants to become the richest richest guy in sports history or just the richest human being on earth? Yeah, what are your thoughts on all of this LeBron James stuff and all of the things that had to be prepped for whatever's about to happen, I guess? Yeah, I, I think it is also interesting. Like Tommy was saying, for the last year, we've been speculating on this and saying that the decision has more to do with off-the-court things and basketball itself and post-career. And now you're starting to hear a lot of prominent media members like Ramona Shelburne say the exact same thing. Like, I don't know how many times I've heard her say specifically that this is about way more than just basketball. So just to kind of piggyback on what Tommy said about all the crap that we've been saying for a year now is actually coming into fruition. And then you hear those people affirming it is really crazy. But I think it's different because of that reason. You know, 2010, 2014, um, I mean, he was in his 20s, you know, whereas now he's much closer to the end of his career. And uh, he's just, there are so many more things to take into consideration. And just in terms of like, his development as an adult, you know, and where his career is at. So um, he doesn't have to prove anything anymore. And by him coming to L.A., like, you hear so many retired NBA players saying, you know, don't go ring chasing. It's not about um, trying to further your basketball legacy anymore because it's set. I mean, you could argue that him coming to the Lakers kind of confirms that, you know, Um, because – you could definitely make the argument that Philly is a more appealing basketball destination than the Lakers are, but he already has everything cemented. So as you said, he's thinking about years and years down the line. 
Um, <clears throat> so when it comes to his production company, he wanted to become a mogul, um, focusing on business more and just what his impact is, um, like globally, it's really hard to argue that LA is not the best place for him to do that. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, that's why I think it's different because 2010 was purely a basketball decision. No doubt about it. He's, <clears throat> he said, I'm going to go to Miami so I can learn how to win from Pat Riley and et cetera. Cleveland, the mission was to <clears throat> bring a title back to his hometown. Okay, well, now what's the mission, you know? So um, it's for him just to continue to further himself globally, and uh, that's why this one's different. And also, I think on top of it, you know, Le- LeBron James, kind of like Kobe Bryant, was a narrative-driven kind of guy. Like, he knows the exact arc his career trajectory is going. He's already completed the coming back home and winning a championship arc. For his third and final act, or presumably his final act— it would have to be something pretty epic. And I think so many things are lining up and this con- these confluence of events are lining up perfectly for this move to Los Angeles as a Laker, seeing his son grow up in Los Angeles and play basketball, um, as well as Space Jam 2, which is going to be released in 2019, which is the 23rd anniversary of Space Jam. Number 23 for Michael Jordan. Number 23 for LeBron James. Uh, I mean, how about that? All the story. We are, old. we are old because we saw that in like first and second grade. That is a that's amazing actually that you who I don't know who put Did you make did you make all those connections? What, did you make you, those calculations, Jonathan? I saw it in a in an article, so it's not me, but uh, Well, that is incredible. Well, credit to that guy. Well, Tommy, let, I mean, let's talk about all of these things lining up. I mean, it would be kind of wank, wank, if, womp, womp if LeBron James is like... Wank, wank. Wank, wank. I mean, we're all going to be wank, wanking, you know what I'm saying? Hey! 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 Oh! Wouldn't it be so womp, womp, womp if LeBron James sets all this stuff up, the Space Jam 2 trailer is on, Bronny's playing in Sierra Canyon High School or middle school, and LeBron James is like, I'm going to Philly! Stupid. I guess Tommy nobody, Lin- nobody would ever watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. So I think I, I guess Tommy, I wanted to talk to you again about just the planning that has to go behind something so big like this, like a career changing move like this. It's it's not not to say that LeBron James maybe a year ago when Space Jam Two was put into development that he knew exactly where he was going to play next, that the Lakers were going to have this much cap space, right? Like all of these, all of these things he did not know a year and a half prior. But I guess, can you speak to things slowly lining up and solidifying and just the amount of preparation that had to happen behind the scenes? And we've talked about this before, but now even more so it's become undeniable. And, you know, with a move this big and monumental, a move that involves so many other people, including his his media guys, his assistants, his videographers, Maverick Carter, clutch agency people. Um, I'm sure he has stylists, physical trainers, etc., etc. A move like this that involves so many people, it's so hard and almost impossible to keep everything under wraps. And we're definitely seeing that now. You, it, it, It's impossible to, to not have something leak, especially because these people themselves have to plan for their future as well, their move to LA, them buying houses in LA, them applying to this, them applying to that. You know, I work in the entertainment industry, specifically the animation industry, and I've worked in both marketing and production. For example, when Can't Stop the Feeling, Justin Timberlake's Can't Stop the Feeling came out, 
it was in conjunction with our Trolls movie, and because he obviously he does the voice of Branch. And because of this, and because it was going to be the title song to our movie, we knew back in February, January, that he was going to be releasing this banger. And we heard it actually in February, and our marketing team had outlined the dates of when it would drop and when it would launch. We knew back in February when we heard it and we were tapping our feet, moving our shoulders and telling ourselves, damn, it's going to be a banger, can't stop the, can't stop the. We knew that it was going to release on May 6th, and from there we would incessantly be playing it in people's ears and making them hypnotized by Can't Stop the Feeling and Trolls. So all of this to say that, there was much planning that had to go behind the scenes and along those along that planning along that timeline people knew in advance that Justin Timberlake was composing this that he was doing the voice of Branch like here and there things will leak as much as we like to keep it under wraps but just to tell you and show you that it takes months of planning and days of planning to get something as big as a trailer, a teaser trailer out to the public because it involves so many other entities. And not to, not to mention that if LeBron James ends up wearing a Lakers jersey, he's going to have to have legal permission to use the Lakers logo. You know, so who knows if that's why Genie Bus was meeting with WB execs or not. So for LeBron James to put out this Space Jam 2 trailer, regardless of whether or not it actually shows him in a Lakers jersey or a Philly jersey or whatever, his intentions would have at least had to have been penciled in because he would have had to be notifying and constantly in communication with the director, Justin Lin, um, the animators. I'm assuming they're going to have some sort of animation prep for this, and I'm sure they've had that they've been working on that throughout the rest of the year and maybe they can just plop in a template of him saying at the very end and I'm going to Los Angeles or something like that but regardless of what he reveals at the very end in conjunction with his um, final decision it, it still takes months of planning and prepping and for sure like a production assistant has seen the plans um, the graphic people have seen the plans the animators probably know one way or another which way he may be siding so yeah with something as big as this that involves so many other moving pieces it's impossible to keep everything under wraps and this is not even including lebron james's own friends and family and i think we're just seeing the full extent of that right now and it's crazy and we're kind of along for the ride and it's almost hitting us like a brick wall like oh no duh i I mean yeah i think you made the point it's basically like this is not something that he can just decide on friday i think i want to go to the lakers and then all of a sudden the you know two days later when he he's supposed to announce his decision they're gonna have like a full you know trailer for space jam 2 ready that like incorporates his decision in it which is what the rumor says you know that he's gonna do it's just so many steps along the way it, here are pointing to how obvious it is that he's coming. And I feel like people in the NBA already know he's coming. I feel like Magic Johnson could not have been more clear today in, in the uh, Mo Wagner and Sfee press conference that he <laughs> knows that LeBron is coming. Um, everybody knows he's coming. I mean, I just don't... It, it's not even, like, fun. I, the only thing I'm, I don't know about is Paul... Is, yeah. Like, exactly. The only thing I am going to be interested in, honestly, is Paul George, who I know we'll talk about later. But in terms of LeBron, I just I just have no doubt in every single thing that happens just continues to solidify that. Yeah, agree. Um, Alan, I guess I wanted to get your take on this as well. I feel like 
even if we didn't have Twitter these days, and everybody's become so good at sleuthing <laughs> in this day and age, but even if we took Twitter out of the equation, I feel like for something, for this big of a move and change with someone as big as LeBron James, even if we didn't have Twitter, we'd, we'd hear of the smoke in, in some form or another, right? But now these days, because we do have Twitter and, and so many people are so good at finding back channels and third three degrees of separation from LeBron's friend who knows this and that. But even just the very objective facts like LeBron James people buying up houses in Los Angeles, you know, that stuff is undeniable. And too many things are lining up. And for it to line up in this way is not coincidence, obviously. And a lot of prepping had to go into all of this. So I guess just what's your feeling of just the rampant and incessant, or I guess just hearing all of these, all of these things that almost seem too obvious. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause you say, even if Twitter and social media didn't exist, I mean, as far as all of our, um, you know, passion for the NBA and all that is concerned, I feel like it's almost impossible for us to imagine an NBA without Twitter, you know, because of course we followed when we were middle school, but we were middle schoolers, like we weren't very intelligent yet. Um, and in high school, Twitter still wasn't really a thing. And I mean, like there were forums and that sort of thing, but the the connection was not nearly as strong. So as far as like, if those things did not exist, would we, would we still be able to connect the dots? Um, I do think so, just not nearly as strongly and definitively where we can say he's 100% coming. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's it's just like the old thing, like where there's smoke, there's fire. And all the smoke would have definitely been coming out regardless of, of social media or not. Um, as far as like him buying houses and that sort of thing. And, you know, we still don't know if, if Bronny is going to go to high school here or not, but so many people are talking about it. And it isn't just on social media. They're talking about it on television and on the radio very frequently. There's no way LeBron would have his family move to L.A. and then he go play in another city. Like, that just doesn't make any sense whatsoever be very inconsistent with uh pretty much everything that he seems to value so um yeah there's there's just no way dude it, it's 100 percent gonna happen <laughs> oh my god this it's is just because i keep episode. thinking like like i think of every time i found out about a big laker move and tommy and i have t- reminisced about this so many times like when we traded for steve nash um, when we traded or when we acquired Ron Artest and things like that, I always found out of like the most random times, like I'd be taking a shower and I'd come out of the shower and I'd see my phone. I'm like, what the heck? Like, how did I just miss this? Same. And, um, there's usually this like crazy sense of like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, what happened? I'm going to go call everybody right now and, and freak out on the phone together because there's like so much shock this time when it goes down, like what is my reaction going to be? I don't even want to think right now about what my reaction will be because then it's just going to be contrived and it won't be genuine or authentic, won't be as fun. So it's just weird. It's a very strange place. I think you say that now, but once it actually happens... I hope so. I think we're going to be so I think lit. I, it's going to be lit. It's going to be a different, different kind of lit. Kind of lit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, it's so going to be more like we're going to be super trolly to the rest of the <laughs> oh, NBA God. Twitter community. They're going <laughs> to hate gonna be such us. A dick. <laughs> well, it's going to be a lot of repressed <laughs> like Lakers. We've been in the tank for so long. All of a sudden, it's just going to burst forth. Wank, wank. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> burst. 
But yeah, can you imagine? I feel like LeBron James, not that he's thinking about this specific storyline, but you know that he wants to have that moment where he is in the afternoon catching a Bronny Jr. basketball game and watching his son drop 40 at the high school basketball gym, but then has to race over to Staples Center to face the Celtics and Kyrie Irving and then drops a 40-piece of his own. I mean, <laughs> you can see that happening, oh, right? So I mean, sick, it's just dude, Don't perfect. even talk about that. You're, that is so You can already see the ESPN montage, right? So wank, wank. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, at this point, these are more than just breadcrumbs. They're like freaking baguettes. <laughs> baguettes of info. Biscuit? This podcast is off the rails already. Um, speaking of which, LeBron James, you know, it's been long rumored that LeBron James would be bringing Paul George with him. There was an article last year talking about Space Jam 2 and the fact that LeBron James and Paul George would both be coming. Um, But I think right now, Paul George, over the recent days, has been a little more uh, shaky with regards to his sentiments about returning to OKC, whether he still wants to go to Los Angeles even after... Um, pretty much requesting a trade to the Lakers last year and telling the Indiana, if you trade me anywhere else, I'll still walk to Los Angeles in free agency. Even with all of that said, it seemed like he had maybe had a change of heart after the season ended with Oklahoma City and had been kind of flip-floppy. But obviously, yesterday, it got leaked. The Lakers, quote-unquote, one of the Lakers pitch scripts uh, to Paul George. We're not sure which draft that was or who who leaked it. Um, But shortly after that was leaked, we then got the news that Paul George would be announcing his free agent destination in a three-part ESPN series that would be chronicling, chronicling his journey as an NBA player up until this point and then ending and concluding with part three, which would inevitably be his final decision. Um, So with all of that said... Tommy, I guess what is your initial reaction to hearing that Paul George news? I know you maybe were a little bit more nervous before hearing all of this stuff because it really did seem like Paul George was, was waffling a little bit. But what were your thoughts right after you heard, well, one, the the leaked pitch script, and then shortly after that, oh, by the way, Paul George is going to announce his de- next free agent destination in a three-part ESPN series. This is Mike from the Almighty Baller Network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season, and that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. Let TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today. Yeah, I mean, the pitch script was like such a non-news item for me uh, compared to what most people made it out to be. I just thought it was like seven lines of a short video that they were going to play him. You know, like probably like a 30-second, 45-second video they were going to play him that to like lead off the meeting or something, but... It's not like we didn't know they were going to make a pitch to Paul George. Like, everybody knows. I think that's publicly been reported so many times. Paul George is only really going to meet with the Lakers, the uh, Thunder, and the Sixers. 
Um, so like we, it's very well known that we're going to meet with him anyway. Um, that, yeah. So like I said, that didn't really change anything, but the three part special, it kind of made me raise an eyebrow because it's like, what? There's no way. And I know we're going to die if we bring this up because it's so funny, but like, there's no way Paul George would have a three part special. And at the end of it, just announced (laughs) that he's going back to OKC it would be the most absurd three-part special of all time, dude. <laughs> like, the craziest three-part special ever made. And <laughs> Compared, what's another three-part special? Like, Name Back one. to the Future. Back the to the Godfather. Future trilogy makes so much more sense than if Paul George went back to Oklahoma City. It makes no sense. So... I just feel like that's so... I feel like that's a pretty good indicator. I still, despite all of those signs, I'm still not like 100% with Paul George like I am with LeBron. Um, but I think it's a pretty pretty high chance. And to me, it all just kind of feels like he's... Um, it's like a PR thing and he's trying to make himself look good in case he leaves to like show everybody, oh, it was such a hard decision or whatever. So like along the same lines of LeBron James and the prep work that he had to do to get to this point of potentially launching Space Jam 2 in conjunction with his decision, there had to be some preparation for Paul George's special as well. And now we're connecting the dots as to what we saw about a month ago when Paul George and his girlfriend were back in LA and they were hopping on helicopters with camera crews and flying over Los Angeles, now we see that, oh, this is going to be a part of his special. I guess, Alan, for you, why don't you just describe for people who haven't seen it yet, like, just a summary of what you saw in part one and how you're feeling after that. Um, I mean, I'm feeling pretty good, honestly, especially after, like, the last two and a half minutes of it. I mean, the beginning was him just kind of chronicling, like, his career in Indiana, the injury in the summer for the USA Basketball Exhibition, getting traded OKC, talking about how, you know, the city welcomed him with open arms. He was looking forward to playing with Russ. Um, they looked at his parents' garage and, like, his dad's man cave with all the memorabilia, Paul George stuff. So. His Lakers jersey. Yeah, exactly. Him and his Lakers Yeah, his jersey. YMCA youth Laker jersey looked beautiful. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was just, like, some back backstory kind of stuff. And then the last, like, two and a half minutes – Uh, They have all these, like, shots of, like, the 110 freeway in Los Angeles, uh, driving driving toward, like, exposition by USC in the Galen Center, and then you have a wide shot of his L.A. mansion with his entire family, a bunch of babies everywhere playing and just having fun. His parents are there, his agent's there, they're watching, I think, uh, Cavs in Boston, the Eastern Conference Finals together, and um, his wife, or his girlfriend, rather, is talking about how... No matter where they end up going, they'll be able to settle in and they can make home anywhere, essentially. Meanwhile, like they're they're in Los Angeles <laughs> in the kitchen, um, just having like a get together. So I mean, all of that stuff, they're just there's just so much cognitive dissonance looking at those images and then imagining him saying, I'm going back to OKC. Now I get it, you could argue like well he lives in LA of course he's going to be in LA but they didn't have to show like the 110 freeway they didn't have to show the palm trees they could have just been inside the house and that house could be anywhere it could be in any city in the United States but they made it painfully obvious that it was in Los Angeles so yeah there's no way like they didn't think about that and uh 
it just wouldn't make any sense at all for me to go back to OKC. So I know at one point I said I was around like 70, 75% sure he's going to come to LA. I'm upping that to 85% sure. Oh, so, you know, the most telling thing for me, though, you you mentioned the images of family and whatnot at his house. Um, But he actually said that his next decision would be made primarily for them or because of them. And they kept mentioning settling down. Um, And and you're right. they're, They're mentioning settling down and they're already at home. Like, how much sense does it make for them to go to Oklahoma City? How many Snapchat stories and Instagram stories we need to see of them, like, putting the crib together and moving boxes and stuff? Like, dude. This is so ridiculous. Um, and I don't know. Like, maybe because we're thinking this, when his girlfriend was saying, like, yeah, we'll settle in. Like, I'm not saying she's, like, a disingenuine person or whatever, but it didn't seem like she's actually unsure of what is going to happen. And she's just saying very vaguely like, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. So we're cool with anywhere. Like, I feel like she just had to say it, you know? Right. And so I I guess I'll ask Tommy next, you know, people were making the comparison that Paul George's announcement with this three part series kind of mimics LeBron James's decision back in 2010. Um, And back then people didn't think that LeBron James would, go on TV, national TV, make a whole spectacle out of it, and then say goodbye, Cleveland. So even though all signs are pointing to Paul George will probably end this three-part special by saying, I'm staying home in Los Angeles where I'm meant to be, could it be possible that somehow this is an entire troll job by Paul George and this is just beautiful cinematic telling where all of a sudden he's going to throw that giant twist at the end and be like, I'm going to Oklahoma City, everybody. Thank you, Los Angeles. This is where I'm from. This is who I am. I will take that with me and go to Oklahoma City and complete my mission that I failed with Russell Westbrook. The more we talk about it, the more I realize Paul George is definitely coming to the Lakers also. <laughs> Can I put you down for 100? Um, I'm still not going to say 100, but like he would be so foolish to not come here if if LeBron Such was coming fool. here. Such a fool. His entire family is here. His girlfriend. He, oh, by the way, are his parents named Paul and Paulina? <laughs> I didn't even check that, actually. Uh, those are great. Those are beautiful names. If you are listening, George family. Oh man! <laughs> Why is this? I can't. I can't do it, dude. I can't do it. Oh god! People are gonna either hate or love this episode. No, um, I don't care. No, no. I think it's Paul, Paul, and Paul. Paul, that's so good. I realize that isn't any better. <laughs> Paul, it's <laughs> still Paul. It's it's Paul. And Paul. <laughs> All right. Um. Oh shit! That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try and uh, bring it back here. No. Um. <clears throat> um. What was? Where's my train of thought right now? Um. He'd be a fool. He'd be a fool. So as are we. I mean, not to dissect this any further, I feel like we're unnecessarily dissecting something so simple, but, you know, I tweeted out when LeBron televised his decision back in 2010, it made sense for him to either pivot 
or announced that home is where the heart is, he ended up pivoting because it was such a crucial decision and a next phase in his life. For Paul George to do a special and then all of a sudden say, okay, see, I'm back, a city that he owes nothing to and a city that he's only played, what, six months of the year in? He's only pandering to Oklahoma City Thunder fans and nobody else. And even in his special part one, he said, I hope my decision makes the majority of people happy. And it was so funny seeing people on Twitter circle the number of fans on Twitter for Lakers, the official Lakers Twitter, (laughs) and then the fans for the Thunder, uh, Thunder's official Twitter and the disparity between the two in terms of numbers. So they're like, majority, hmm. It's got to be at least a couple hundred, right? Uh, yeah just a couple hundred exactly at least um so yeah with with that said i mean even with paul george all all signs and roads are leading to him potentially coming to los angeles now alan do you think that do you think these are happening separately or do you think that this was the plan all along for paul george and lebron james or yeah are they are they acting independent of each of each other at this point I think they're pretty tied in. I mean, it's no secret that Cleveland was trying to trade for Paul George last year. And I mean, any team who's trying mm-hmm. to point. improve themselves and, you know, work toward a championship and all that stuff, of course, they're going to do that if they have the means necessary. But, you know, you could also say, like, well, had Paul George actually been traded to Cleveland um, and they played out this season together and who knows, like, maybe they would have won the championship. Um, I mean, that changes everything. You know, I'm pretty sure those two guys, I mean, I I don't know, like, there's a smaller chance for sure of them both bouncing from Cleveland to L.A. together. Um, So, yeah, I just feel like they've been tied in for a really long time. And now everyone who's, like, kind of in charge of what's going on, um, it's it's just a matter of tying the strings together and uh, making the most of this situation, turning it into as big of a spectacle as possible, which it absolutely is. Tommy, what are your thoughts? Do you think what who was it more important to in terms of his decision being contingent on the other player? Do you think LeBron James was waiting for Paul George? Paul George is waiting on LeBron James, or yeah, who do you think it it weighed on more in terms of seeing when the net when the first domino fell? Because for me, I would find it so hilarious if LeBron James decided to become a Laker and then Paul George still announces that he's going to Oklahoma City. Then it would be even more of a, dude, what the hell are you doing? But yeah, who who do you think it weighed on more? I think Paul George was definitely, definitely way more influenced by um, LeBron than vice versa. Um, Not to get too conspiracy-ish, I guess, but I still totally buy the story that this all started because last summer LeBron was meeting with, which we, you know, we talked about this in August and September, but uh, last summer there were meetings with, you know, LeBron and the Warner brothers execs and you know, the director and writers for space jam. And apparently Jeannie bus might've been at some of these meetings allegedly um, where they were talking about this kind of stuff. And I, I, I don't know, dude, it's, uh, it's just like i think i think at that time what happened was lebron just decided last summer that he wanted to come and i'm i'm sure his team came to him presented him with a list of like hey these are guys that are gonna you know potentially be free agents next summer just fyi if you already know you're gonna go there just 
see if anybody else might want to come. That would I would not put that past this team. They seem like they're super on top of their stuff and like constantly looking ahead. So maybe he looked at that and he saw Paul George and he called up Paul George and said, "Hey, I'm going to the Lakers next year regardless. You should go too." Because again, if you look at last summer when around the time that all these meetings were allegedly happening, it was like Paul George is at a Dodger game, they interview him. Oh, I'm an Indiana Pacer. I'm going to play out my season for the Pacers. I don't know what's going to happen beyond that, but I'm just going to try to make the. We're going to try to make the playoffs next year. Blah blah blah. I'm on the Pacers, and then four days later it was like I demand to be traded to the Lakers only. You know, so it's just like it's always felt like at some point LeBron decided and LeBron did his LeBron thing and reached out and said, "Hey, I want to do this." And I think at that point, Paul George pretty much knew that he wanted to come join. It's just a matter of would he join a year before or would he join at the same time? At this point, I almost dare Paul George to go back to Oklahoma City because I'd find it so hilarious that you can't... At that point, it's it's such a it's such a funny and unrealistic scenario that if it does happen, I'll just chalk it up to, all right, that guy's crazy, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So one way or another... I think we're in we're in good shakes right now and it's an, an exciting time to be a Lakers fan. I still don't want to 100% get my hopes up and because you know we've been left at the altar multiple times and this could be the most devastating of all of those scenarios or events. But I mean at this point we might as well ride the wave so Hey, this is Brian from the Almighty Baller Podcast Network here to talk about keeps so there's just no two ways to say it. Losing hair is awful. Nobody wants to go through it. And two out of three guys are going to experience hair loss by the time they're 35. This is the world we live in, people. Now, I personally haven't started this you know, downturn, but I got a couple of people close to my life that go through it. And they always say, should have started it sooner rather than later. So anyways, these FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to get. For five minutes, now and starting just $10 per month, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. So they've ironed out the process. Basically, you just take a photo of your hair and you shoot it over and a licensed physician will review the information and recommend the right treatment to you and then, boom, shipped right to your door every three months. So Keeps is only $10 to $35 a month. Uh, plus, now you can get your first month free uh, to, to what? To keep your hair. So come on. What are we talking about here? To receive your first month of treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash almighty. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash almighty. That's a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash almighty. Keeps hair today, hair tomorrow. Yeah, so I guess my next question would be, what about where does this leave the Kawhi Leonard stuff? Um, do you guys still think that a deal could get done? Um, what happens if Paul George and LeBron James do commit to the Lakers? Um, the last we heard of the Kawhi news was he had a face-to-face with Popovich where he reiterated his stance and desire to be traded from the Spurs to the Lakers. Uh, and then Stephen A. Smith shortly after that was adamant that Kawhi emphasized trade me to the Lakers. Um, I feel like for some reason... A lot of people compare this situation to Paul George, and there are obviously a lot of similarities. But I think in Kawhi's case, I, th- I think like even he's a little more intentional than Paul George was. And I think maybe it's because he actually took some action this year. What, regardless of whether or not you believe how injured he was or whether he was rehabbing, he's already kind of shown that 
he can sit himself out if need be, you know, if he feels like he's not in the right shape or right position to adequately perform for his team, or he feels like he's not getting the right support from his team, he'll sit out. So I think that's why I feel like it's a little more intentional this year and that his demand to actually be traded to the Lakers and scaring teams off, I think he'd actually follow through on that action as opposed to Paul George, where he's like, I'd prefer to be traded to the Lakers. I'd probably still walk to them in a year, but I'll consider options if you trade me elsewhere, you know? So Alan, I guess, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? And do you feel like there's a little more force in or oomph in Kawhi Leonard's demand this year? I mean, there's a part of me that feels like the Spurs just aren't going to trade him at all. And they're just going to hold on and then see if they can convince him throughout the season and uh, essentially hope for the best. I mean, I wouldn't blame. I mean, we don't know what's gone on behind closed doors, and we've like heard so many stories. But I still feel like the Spurs would have utmost confidence in themselves to retain him. Um, again, like a lot of people have compared this to Kobe when he demanded to be traded on the radio to the Bulls, and obviously the Lakers didn't flinch, um, and then everything worked out. So if there's another organization out there who would. Um, have that kind of confidence. And then if he does end up walking, maybe they just say, okay, well, we're a very good organization. We'll figure it out. You know, we could recover from this. Uh, I would say this, it would be the Spurs to do that. Therefore, I really don't see him getting traded to the Lakers. Um, just because of the whole unspoken rule thing of not trading within conference and, um, seeing what's going on with LeBron and Paul George definitely doesn't help that, you know? So, yeah, that's kind of how I foresee it happening. Yeah, you know, the Spurs have mentioned that if they were to trade Kawhi Leonard, well, one, they mentioned, like Alan said, that number one, their number one priority is to still try and repair their relationship with Kawhi. But barring that, the only other place they trade Kawhi Leonard would be to the Eastern Conference. And kind of like what I mentioned before, I feel like as opposed to Paul George, if Kawhi Leonard was, say, traded to the Philadelphia 76ers, I feel like his agent would tell the Sixers, Hey, man, you can trade for him if you want to, but I'm warning you right now, this dude's going to leave you in 2019. I don't know. That's just maybe my feeling. Um, But Tommy, yeah, what are your thoughts on Kawhi Leonard, the Spurs? Do you think that this hardline stance that they've taken, do you think that they are actually um, committed to that hardline stance? Or do you think it's a, a bit of showmanship or bluffing on their part to gain some leverage back um for me i actually think that the lakers best offer for Kawhi has not happened yet and obviously the lakers tried to um establish communication lines with the spurs and they i think they were the 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 spurs didn't even pick up the phone or no deal or players was even negotiated but um i think the lakers best offer would actually come if lebron james and paul george commit so at that point, I think all bets are off, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers, you know, just kind of go all in, so to say, for Kawhi Leonard, and at that point, kind of force the Spurs to really consider a package of having at least two or three of the young core at that point. Like this um, is as good as it's yeah, ever this is as get. good as ever like, going to get. Actually. Exactly, yeah. and the the only time that I see the Lakers going all in is if they do have Paul George and LeBron James. So I guess, Tommy, what are your thoughts on that? And I guess, what are your thoughts on um, the Spurs hardline stance at this point? Uh, I'm not really sure what to make of the Spurs hardline stance. I think it's mostly, most likely what you said, which is they just want to maintain some leverage or get as much leverage, I guess, as they can. Um, I do think though that they would trade him. It's it's a weird like power dynamic here because 
if Kawhi says I, Kawhi has maintained a lot of leverage for himself, and I don't know if this was intentional or not, but by saying specifically that he prefers L.A., I mean, he specifically prefers the Lakers, but he wants more generally L.A., it never really makes him lose leverage because even if we sign two max players this summer, the Clippers are supposed to have cap space next summer. So he still maintains his LA angle. So like your argument of like him telling Philly, you can trade for me, but just FYI, I'm going to LA next year because one of the LA teams is going to be able to acquire me, you know? So it, it kind of creates – that kind of makes it like an interesting situation. I just don't know that that makes it more likely that we acquire him or you know go after him or how much that hurts the market, even if teams are you know think it might just be a one-year rental. Like I still think the Sixers could put together a really good package of guys like Saric and you know future picks that you know it's very risky for them, but – you know, who knows if they'd be, even be able to keep Sarge long term. It, it might just be worth the risk, I guess. Whereas I don't know that even if we offered Brandon Ingram, who I think would become available if we were able to sign both Paul George and LeBron James, I don't know that the Spurs would seriously deal with us. Um, and they might just call Kawhi's bluff and say, okay, if you want to walk, then walk to the Clippers as a free agent. Well, that's why I say if we already have Paul George and LeBron James, I don't think we're only offering a Brandon Ingram. I think at that point, we'd offer up a package that would make the Spurs kind of blink and say, okay, this is too good to pass up, even if we become the team that helps Los Angeles form this ultimate big three of the future, you know? But what are your thoughts on that? The Lakers may be pushing all their chips in. I could see it. Sorry, did you say me? It cut out a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I could definitely see them going all in. I could see them putting up like uh, B.I., Kuzma, and future picks. You know what I mean? If you want to be really crazy or maybe one future pick. You know, if, if you want to be like make a really crazy offer, I don't think any other team can seriously beat that offer if Kawhi is not going to agree to an extension before the trade's consummated. So that's the type of trade where it's just like, if you're the Spurs, it's one of those ones where it's like, this is literally too good for us to not go through with. And we might do it because even if we did that, you know, uh, I guess it would depend on who was in the trade. I don't know if we'd be able to keep Randall in the scenario, but you still, yeah. So I guess you don't keep Randall in the scenario, but you still, even if you trade Bi and Kuzma, you still have Lonzo Ball. You still have Josh Hart. You still have some of your other young guys like the Mo Wagner, who you just drafted this year. Um, you still have all that, you know. So it's like it's not it's not too bad, and you have literally three of the best players in the NBA. I'm not really sure, honestly, what I prefer. Part of part of me feels like I, I keep talking myself out of how realistic these Kawhi trades are because I don't actually want them to happen. But mm. I just don't really see the, I just don't really see like a realistic path um, for Kawhi to end up here. If we end up signing two max guys, if right. Paul George doesn't come, then things change. Yeah. I think the realistic path is the one I outlined and, and it would involve gutting the young core, you know? So Alan, I guess what are your thoughts on that and whether you actually want Kawhi here or do you think, for you, it's good enough to have good enough 
look at where we've gone. <laughs> like, look look at the stance that we've got into at this point. Yeah, it's good enough George to LeBron, have. That's fine, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, what are your thoughts of just having a team of LeBron James, Paul George, and the young core? And I do want to reiterate that in the scenario where LeBron James and Paul George commit and the Lakers do trade for Kawhi Leonard. In that scenario, we would have to send out Luo Dang and we'd have to force the Spurs to take on Dang. Um, and even in that case, it's almost impossible to also retain Randall. The scenario in which Randall is retained and we're able to keep his cap hold is one if he decides to take his qualifying offer somehow, which he might do if the market's super, super dry. Um, but the more realistic one is um, Paul George and LeBron James take slight pay cuts and then we trade for Kawhi, we re-sign Randall, and then the only remaining young core guys are pretty much Kuzma and Thomas Bryant. And then from there, you fill out the roster with veteran minimum star-chasing type guys um, because the money is that tight. So even in the scenario where, okay, Kuzma is the only one out of the young core left and we're able to re-sign Randall, it still would take asking LeBron James and Paul George to each take around $1 to $2 million in pay cuts for that first year, which isn't inconceivable, but it's just not as clean as you'd want it to be. You know what I mean? It takes a lot more maneuvering. Um so with that said, I guess, like, what are your thoughts of establishing that big three and kind of getting rid of the encore? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say just because I don't really see it happening. Like I said, I don't see the Spurs, even if we were to sweeten the pot to the point where it's like, are you really going to turn this down for a guy who might leave you? For some reason, I just feel like the Spurs wouldn't do it. So, but I guess if they did... It sounds so foolish to be like, I don't want to part ways, you know, in order to get Kawhi, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like magic continues to emphasize and, you know, part of this could just be, uh, you know, PR and, and that sort of thing. But he keeps saying we have two summers of free agency here. There's also 2019. And, you know, one way you can interpret that is if we fail this summer, there is always next summer. I guess the other way you can interpret it is we're going to succeed this summer and then we're going to succeed again next summer. Um, so as far as trading him now, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously the Lakers have to say like, you know, we want to really build a culture here and we're drafting players who really abide by the values that we have and they preach patience all the time. And of course you have to say those things just in case it doesn't work out. But I I do feel like they want to maintain some sort of balance of, building something that's going to happen now and then having some sustainability as well. Not to say that Kawhi and Paul George aren't sustainable players once, you know, LeBron ends up retiring or whatever, but I feel like they want to extend beyond just the next few years. So yeah, I don't know that that's a tough one. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess we'll end this episode by talking about just the free agency landscape in general. Tommy, you had mentioned earlier in our group chat that, man, did the Lakers luck out with not only not only with LeBron James and Paul George and somehow getting the most cap space in a very dry landscape in terms of free agency, but even with regards to Julius Randle, the fact that he's becoming a restricted free agent in a time when so many teams don't even have the cap space to give him adequate offers that he'd even blink an eye to. And at this point, it's so bad that he may actually consider taking the qualifying offer. So I guess 
Yeah, just give me your thoughts on the free agency landscape in general this year and how it benefits the Lakers and how just options are so barren for everyone involved. You know, DeMarcus Cousins is probably scraping the barrel. Uh, DeAndre Jordan. To the point where guys like Ennis Cantor, Thaddeus Young, you know, they all have to pretty much just opt in because they're probably not going to get any better offers than the contract that they're already currently on. And obviously this all happened because of the 2016 year, the Mozgov and Dang year, when... Um, the cap spiked and we did not, the play, NBA Players Union d- decided not to stagger um, the cap hikes. And so it ended up in this, you know, kind of windfall of cap space. And unfortunately, now teams have spent up all that money and the Lakers smartly were able to start maneuvering out of their mistakes a year out. So I guess, Tommy, if you could speak to just the free agency landscape this year, and I guess your thoughts on, on Julius Randle and the prospects of the Lakers being able to retain Julius Randle. Because I feel like as bad as it is this year, this would it would have been impossible to retain him any other year. I agree that it would have been way more unlikely to retain him any other year. Um, this year is weird because there's just so many... There are, I mean, sorry, there are like relatively few teams that have anything to give up uh, or have any cap space to give up to Julius Randle. The teams that have cap space are probably not going to be the, t- the teams that are going to make Julius Randle uh, that like a big type of offer early in the free agency process because those teams are going to be chasing bigger names. There are a few big names that seem like they're going to be moving around this year. So it sounds like Dallas is going to be very active looking at DeMarcus Cousins and DeAndre Jordan. Um, You know, the Pelicans, I'm sure, are going to be involved in looking at DeMarcus Cousins, whether they want to keep him or not. Um, There's going to be a lot of teams that are just going to be distracted with those types of names a lot, you know, until LeBron and Paul George decide what they're going to do, or even Chris Paul, until he confirms what he's going to do. There's going to be a lot of speculation and teams, you know, maybe trying to line up a little bit to get one of those guys and waiting on those guys. And so for Julius Randle, once the dust settles, you're really like narrowing yourself down to such a small population of teams that could potentially make you an offer. So there could emerge a scenario where the Lakers end up essentially bidding against themselves, like bidding against no one, I should say. And so the question is, how high do you go when you're bidding against no one? And if they go to a number that, for whatever reason, Randall's camp doesn't think is appropriate, Randall could take the qualifying offer and, and yeah, that would be great for us in the short term. But in the long term, I wouldn't feel good about keeping him because, like, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent next summer plenty of teams are going to have cap space next summer because it's going to be the first summer a lot of those teams who signed you know guys to three or de- big three year deals or whatever those teams are finally going to start getting their cap space back and uh i just feel like it's just going to cause so much negativity you know what i mean julius randall's already a super emotional guy who plays with a lot of passion and it feels like introducing this amount of I guess what he might perceive as disrespect could cause some volatility to emerge in the relationship. But I don't know. It's a weird situation, I think, with Randall and and the whole free agency landscape is is just weird overall this year, too. Yeah, it may seem kind of homery for me to say, but I actually feel like the rest of the media and the league, somehow, as much as the Lakers have been spoken about this free agency, I feel like 
the media is still underrating what Rob Polink and Magic Johnson have been able to do this last year. And they've only been in, in office for a year, right? The fact that they were able to erase the sins of the past in such a quick manner and get out ahead of things. And it's not like these teams didn't know what was happening this upcoming summer. They knew LeBron James was going to be a free agent and DeAndre Jordan, DeMarcus Cousins, et cetera, et cetera. How are the Lakers the one team that was able to free up two max slots and the most cap space in the NBA? That has legitimately never happened before, right? The Los Angeles Lakers have the most cap space in the NBA and there are probably only three or four other teams that can even that even can say that they have max cap space. That would be the Dallas Mavericks, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Atlanta Hawks. And with regards to trying to get Julius Randle, well, he's going to have to wait in line because those three, well, count the Atlanta Hawks out. But Philadelphia and Dallas are going to be busy trying to lure a DeAndre Jordan and DeMarcus Cousins to come on board first, or even a LeBron James and Paul George. So that leaves the Lakers with, you know, they can pretty much tell Julius Randle, hey, sit tight. We're going to keep your cap hold on the books. We're going to try and make these signings with Paul George and LeBron James. Once those are done, we'll go over the cap and re-sign you. I just think that the job that Palenka and Magic have done to get to this point is just so commendable. And I feel like people are not giving enough media attention or praise to just the Rubik's Cube-ness that had to go into this. You know, we talk about all the pre-planning that had to happen for LeBron James to get to this Space Jam point, all the pre-planning that had to be done for Paul George to release a three-part special to say he's going to become a Los Angeles Laker. Well, it took a ton of pre-planning for Rob Palinka and Magic Johnson to also get the Lakers to a place where they have the most cap space in the NBA, the premier franchise of the league. The franchise that everybody loves to hate somehow has the most money and the most options and flexibility. So, Alan, if you want to close us out and just talk about your impressions of the front office and what they've done, even in spite of not so admirable moves at the start with, you know, with regards to trading D'Angelo Russell, a former number two pick, but still kind of biting the bullet and moving forward with moves like that, making the unpopular move for the long term benefit of the franchise and now we see all of those things kind of lining up so if you want to talk about yeah your thoughts on the free agency landscape but also what the front office has done to get us to this point well yeah as far as what the front office has done i'm in in terms of the media not <clears throat> like giving them enough credit and that sort of thing it's it's because obviously they're just going to maintain the position of well they haven't really done anything right, yet right. as far as making a signing or whatever so it'll be really interesting when uh LeBron James and Paul George both 100% say that they are coming to Los Angeles. Then we can <laughs> then we can listen to the media, you know, praise the front office and that sort of thing. But as far as what the front office has actually done, I mean, yeah, they they turned it around so freaking quickly. It's 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 really remarkable uh, what can be done in one year. And uh, it's funny because in uh, Mo and Svee's press conference today of course bill plashke asked magic johnson you know is there any pressure on you this summer to sign two big you know max players and that sort of thing and magic like completely reverted back to what he would have sounded like in his playing days and he was like trolling plashke right there in front of everybody saying there's no pressure on me at all like what are you talking about he's like this isn't pressure i was <laughs> You know, NBA Finals MVP my rookie year. I did this as a player. I've experienced everything. This is nothing at all. He's like, I'm just going to be myself. I just do my job every single day, and everything's going to happen the way it's supposed to. And it was like, 
as a you know retired player and as a front office person besides like Mark Cuban is like one of the cockiest answers <laughs> and of course like Bill Plasky kind of deserves it but I was like oh damn like magic is really like lighting him up right now and uh yeah I think some of his jest, of course it's, he's being funny but uh at the same time I mean I really believe it when and it's not that other NBA front offices don't do this but I believe it when they say like how hard they they grind every single night on the job. How Magic is watching game tape at five o'clock in the morning and calling Rob Palinka, which is probably when Rob Palinka is waking up to go for a ten mile jog or something like that. <laughs> um, I believe that the culture that they spoke about so much when they first came in has really permeated the entire organization. And they talk about when the players are out on the practice floor and they're pushing each other and the energy level is high. And then those guys are upstairs doing their work in the office and the energy level is the exact same thing, just in the office and not on the court. Like when you have that type of, of synergy, um, the results are, are inevitable. They're going to show up. So, yeah, I just can't wait until free agency really kicks off and all those things actually happen and then everybody starts hating the Lakers even more. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah, indeed. And as Rob Palinka said, you want to celebrate the past but not live in it. And I think he has displayed that through and through. And Tommy, would you put it past the Lakers as crafty and sly as Rob Palinka has been to do something as crazy and conspiracy theory-ish as leaking the pitch, <laughs> the Paul George <laughs> pitch release, because they want to make sure that they are not charged for tampering again, or that people don't think that they've had this lined up for weeks now, and that they just want to say, hey guys, clearly we did not know that Paul George was coming because we were prepping this script and everything for him. Would you put it past Rob Belenka to do something as sly as that? I don't think that's what he did, but I would not put it past him at all. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense, and it's kind of in line with a lot of their other behavior publicly. If people, I'm sure everybody saw the article. It was either last week or the week before that Ramona put out about how Magic and Rob have been hosting like team meetings with all these employees of the, every employee yep. of the organization to talk to them about tampering and tampering avoidance, and. <laughs> like, if you were just doing that just to do it because it's part of your normal compliance procedures, nobody would write an ESPN article about it. You know yep, what I mean? It's, for sure. That kind of stuff gets written about because... Like, Momo, write about this. That's because Magic and Rob and Jeannie wanted them to write about that. So I, I think it's... it. it I, again, I don't think that's what they did because it came out in, like, such an obscure way. But... Um, I, I don't. I would not put it past Rob at all to think of something like this. To be like, oh, if they both announce on day one, and you're questioning, how did they figure this out so fast? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I'm just like making it clear we had a pitch ready. If they decided independently, and honestly, I think Adam Silver. I don't know if you guys saw. They interviewed Adam Silver recently. Oh, it was at the mm -hmm. NBA Awards, and uh, somebody asked him if. He's giving increased scrutiny to the Lakers given the previous tampering allegations. And he said, absolutely not, because, you know, that was sorted out and that was in the past and we've addressed it and moved on. And to me, that was just kind of, just kind of I don't know, because I'm looking at everything through Lakers colored lenses, I guess, but purple and gold lenses. But it to me just felt like 
it just felt like he was basically saying, I know what's going on. If a guy comes to you and says, hey, I'm coming to your team, just FYI, what are you supposed to do? You know, and right. that's probably what happened here. So, um, but yeah. I also think that Ramona, you know, Rom- Ramona Shelburne is currently the Lakers' number one, you know, mouthpiece. And even in the, I feel like even in the ways that she's kind of contextualizing all these weird conspiracy theories for the Lakers, I feel like even that is part of the conspiracy theory, if you know what I'm saying. You know, when the whole. It's like Inception. Le- it, well, it's like House of Cards, really. That's what it is. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but when the whole Genie Bus leather pants thing came out, there's no way Genie Bus didn't think about the type of reaction her tweet oh, would elicit, course. even if she was talking about leather pants, you know? Um, so I feel like she, she she sent it out there into the atmosphere, and then everyone went nuts, and then she probably told Ramona, hey, can you go on the airwaves and just tell people that it was about leather pants? And so Ramona did exactly that. And then with regards to this Paul George pitch leaking, Ramona Shelburne went on the airwaves again and said, oh, the Lakers are so embarrassed. It was so corny, and it was so cheesy. They're embarrassed. Now, could it be the case that they are embarrassed? Sure. But it, I wouldn't put it past them to also tell Ramona or to also have Ramona in on the job, you know, in terms of making this, we are being as careful as possible to not tamper, making all of that so public, right? And even to the point where they're using Ramona to, you know, tell the public, oh, they are embarrassed. This was a legitimate leak, et cetera, et cetera. Is it House of Cards? I don't know. But Rob Palenka has been so crafty and sly that, again, I wouldn't put it past him. And at this point, I just love the process that Rob Palenka is taking. Sneaky Um, bastard. Sneaky bastard. Um, With that said, yeah, I think we will try and be as on call as possible the next few days. I guess my last question to you guys, though, is do you think the Lakers will actually get a signing done on July 1st? Or do you think, especially with Paul George, they will go through the, not motions, but they'll actually go through a pitch meeting, even if they know that they're going to sign him? Tommy? I think they probably sign LeBron July 1st or July 2nd, Um, but Paul George, I think they might actually have to do the pitch meeting, and I think there might be a little bit more of a song and dance with him, but I don't know if, you know, one week, two weeks, I don't know what an appropriate, I I don't think it would even be one week, to be honest. I think, you know, by July 4th or 5th, we would know with him. Alan, your thoughts on potential fireworks? Yeah, I... I think for Paul George, he's going to want to experience that stuff. When he said, you know, free agency is overwhelming in that little sports center thing today. um, I think he wants to experience the entire process, even if he's already kind of made up his mind. I mean, shoot, if it were me and I already kind of knew where I wanted to go to school or where to work or whatever, but all these schools are going to wine and dine me. I'm going to freaking take advantage of that, you know, especially if it's like my one shot to do it. Um, so, so yeah, I think he'll go through it. Yeah, but for I don't sure. Think All right. With that said, either. that'll do it for this episode. Uh, we'll try and do one more before free agency starts. It happens Saturday night, 9 p.m. Pacific time. I'm sure everybody will be glued to their phones. Make sure to plan accordingly if you have dinner plans that night and whatnot. Um, and then. Yeah, no, exactly. Cancel them. Sort Ignore your girlfriends, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Eat a pizza at home. <laughs> Get on Twitter. <laughs> pizza on Twitter. Yeah. It's on tweets. Pizza. Tweetsa. Tweetsa. And whack whack. Um, 
All right, we'll end it there. Wank, wank. Uh, we shall end it there. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll cover any free agency rumors or news that comes up before the eve of free agency. And then from there, we'll hop on if we need to for like an emergency podcast. Uh, but with that said, once again, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes because the more you rate and review us, that's how many kids that Paul George is going to have, and they're all going to be variations of Paul. <laughs> <laughs> cool. There you go. So rate and review us on iTunes. All right. With that said, we will catch you guys later. Alan, Tommy, later. See, see ya. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more Yep, even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states.